This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Well, by everyone's admission, Amazon is a Goliath. They have turned from just an e-commerce company into a variety of other businesses, content provider, technology company, and several others, which I'm sure they're working on now. There does seem to be no limit to what Amazon can't succeed in. Sales have been a key measuring stick for Amazon in the past, but during their latest quarter, sales were down. Profit, though, was still higher, and that made investors very happy. To explain more about what is happening with Amazon, we are joined by Wharton Management Associate Professor Dan Raff and Amanda Nicholson, who is Associate Dean for Undergraduate Programs and Professor of Retail Practice at Syracuse University. Dan and Amanda, great to have you on the show today. Thank you very much for coming on. Hi, always a pleasure. Thank you. Amanda, I'll start with you. I don't think anyone is really surprised by any type any type of success that Amazon has these days. Um, no, I think it's, uh, it's like uh, talking about a Goliath. So <laughs> they constantly, uh, they, they grow. However, um, I think there are some concerns about some of the ways they're growing and, and, and definitely about um, the things like their operating expenses yep. as, as a business. And they've been in business now for a long time. The, the sales numbers are very impressive, um, but... Um, we still have to remember that they ha- they actually did have a, a loss last year yeah. <laughs> of over two hundred million, even though it was on on enormous revenues, nearly ninety million, ninety billion. I mean, I mean, incredible revenues, but um, still not really making money. Well, so I it, think the thing to 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 gloss that slightly. I think the thing to say is that this is a company with very deep pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, with a chief, a brilliant, intellectually brilliant chief executive who seems uh, usually very clear about what he wants to try, and with a shareholder base that has thus far, at any rate, uh, basically trusted the company and its senior management. Um, so they they employ very large numbers of extraordinarily bright people, um, and they look for new and interesting things to do. Amanda, what do you see as the biggest concerns you have uh, about Amazon right now? And then Dan, I'll ask you as well. Sure. Well, I think from um, you know from a, a from a traditional retail perspective, um, you know, their gross margin rose um, in the in the year in the, in the quarter from the year earlier quite significantly by like three percent, which is huge. That's a huge jump, and. Um, I think from looking at it a little bit, it, it may be explained um, by their in- growth in- of offering inventory from third-party sellers rather than, um, you know, buying merchandise directly from manufacturers, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- there's, there's, and I think that may be a way for them to, to, to really focus, to move from being a seller of stuff to being a platform for sellers, um, because I'm not sure that when you look at how much more they can squeeze out of gross margin, and um, they, they spend a lot. Their expenses are extremely high, mm-hmm. and they're still going up. So at some point, uh, you can't just keep piling on the expenses unless you've got that operating margin going up. Dan? Well, the point beyond 
actually selling things, selling physical things online, uh, is that um, their portfolio includes essentially leasing um, server mm-hmm. capacity, the so-called Amazon Web Services. Mm-hmm. And the thing an investor would be concerned about in that quarter um, this being the most apparently the most rapidly growing uh, one of their businesses is that there's going to be competition. There is competition. Um, it's basically a, whole, a wholesale business and a number of large technology firms um, with comparably deep pockets are operating in that space. So it's not at all clear what sorts of margins they're going to be able to command in the future for web services. Mm-hmm. Great point. You mentioned, uh, Dan, just a second ago about about the uh, the leadership that they have gotten from Jeff Bezos uh, over the last few years, and certainly uh, he has done a phenomenal job. But, but when you sit back and you look at uh, him as a person and as a businessman, what, is, what are the couple of things that really impress you the most about him? Well, first of all, he understood uh, from a retailing and general competitive perspective, the opportunity the web represented um, as early as anybody. Um, And he moved very aggressively. The startling thing is that from very, very, very early on, um, he he made no bones about what he was up to. Um, In the, I guess, only barely into the late 1970s, mm-hmm. um, uh, somebody wrote a Harvard Business School case about Amazon, and um, they invited Bezos to come sit in the class the first time it was taught. Um, and the, I'm told that the discussion was essentially about how books were a terrible category and uh, <laughs> why, why uh, an ambitious entrepreneur would be looking into this. Um, um, they were the students were all very puzzled, and when um, Bezos stood up at the end to comment on the discussion, he apparently kind of shook his head and said he thought they'd missed the point that this was about retailing in general and maybe other complementary activities, which is of course exactly how it has played out. I think he heard the music very early on, mm-hmm. um, and um, uh, went public um, at basically the height of the dot bomb, of the dot com um, bubble at an enormous valuation so he w- he had investable funds from very early on um, and he's used them very aggressively Amanda I, I would not argue with a word of that I think um, <clears throat> clearly a genius who who um, who started wait I mean if you look at the traditional um, big box retailers who still take enormous amounts of, of revenue out of our economy, mm-hmm. they are, they're, they're only now really revving up to figure out this platform and how they can <laughs> integrate it. And, and it's, a huge, it's a huge challenge for them. Um, meanwhile, $89 billion later, someone is still, you know, which is amazing. I think also his, um, his, his understanding that it's not necessarily always about product. In fact, there's some clear product um, boo-boos that Amazon, I think, has, has come up with, not least was the disastrous um, Fire Phone last year. But, yeah. but, but I think uh, he also understands how you can bring communities of sellers in a different way. So rather than just being so singularly focused, you know, he's, he's, opening up, um, he's opening up the marketplaces to, to everybody. 
so he, he's sort of got an unlimited market, if you like, because he's just saying, okay, I don't have to own you. You can, yeah. you can, you can come through my system. There is, there's just really no, uh, I hate to use the term fear, but it, it seems like it. There really is no fear that he has in terms of throwing ideas out there on the, on the table and seeing if they work. Well, we should, we should be careful about not idealizing him. We haven't sat in their um, um, uh, conference rooms um, yeah. and listened to the meetings. He's apparently capable of being quite caustic, <laughs> and it's easy to imagine. Look, we see a plethora of initiatives, but this may be a small fraction of the ones that people actually suggest. Well, no, and I'm not saying you know he's walking through the uh, uh, through the uh, the the centers, uh, the, the distribution centers that Amazon has, and he's high fiving the employees. Uh, but but there is certain certainly a a level of of riverboat gambler that he has in there uh, that that seems to be working very well right now. It, it may well be that. There's an interestingly different perspective than that, and that is that while um, he has a sense of the, I'll, I'll modify my metaphor a little bit. He's got a sense of the melody yep. um, of this t- um, epoch of technical change that may be enabling um, really large-scale uh, changes in retailing and the whole the whole channels of distribution in the economy, but he's not confident speculate of what the harmonies are. And so his model um, for how the corporation should run may well be conduct lots of experiments. They're liquid yeah. enough. They can certainly mm-hmm. afford it. Um, don't commit too much in the way of, of financial or human resources to each one until um, uh, you have a sense of how successful and, and um, each is likely to be and what the, what the complementarities to it will be and so forth. But conduct lots of experiments. Feel out what will be possible. Um, that's a, a perfectly plausible interpretation uh, of, of what he's doing, that it's exploration, basically. Amanda, what is the key then for Amazon going forward? Because I, I read a, a couple of articles yesterday that said that that their prime service may be the most important thing to this company going forward because of how the other aspects to the business can really kind of play off of that prime service. Yeah, I think the prime service is huge. Um, they... You know, they, we know that they, um, we don't know, but they, they estimate that their prime members spend, I think, something like three times more than their non-prime members, which is incredible. Um, so I, I think that's really key. I think that, that some of, I totally agree with the concept of this sort of experimentation, because if you look through what they do, it's all over the place. You know, it's very difficult to sort of look at a particular focus. So the strategy is not to be at a particular focus, but to be to, to test things. So there's lots of testing that's always going on. Yep. You know, we're buying game gaming websites or we're, you, do you know what I'm saying? We're doing all kinds of things all over the place. Um, that is is a plus, I think, and a huge plus because they can afford to do it. Of course, you can make some big mistakes doing that. Sure. And when you make a big mistake, um, you, it costs you, and, and everyone is stuck with them as the mistakes have been made. So I guess the, the big question is, how long will investors keep sticking with them? Right now, they've everyone's still on the, uh, you know, on a positive. Um, 
but I think it's still important to, to see that, you know, even when they have, they have a very famous process called working backwards, which they talk about mm-hmm. looking from the customer and deciding the customer's needs, which is kind of a sort of entrepreneurial structure. Um, but it, it hasn't always worked. It really hasn't always worked. Their, their strength has really been the t- technology end of it rather than the pure product end of it, with, of course, the Kindle as the exception. And you, you can see that if the set of opportunities is evolving and emergent, the crucial thing, if you're positioned as they are and have plenty of resources to throw at experimentation, is don't be embarrassed. If something doesn't work, you expect most things not to work. Mm-hmm. You're just looking for the ones that will and will be meaningful um, in an economic way. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number. If you'd like to throw in uh, your comments about Amazon, uh, big fan or not so big fan, if you are of the company, 844-942-7866. Give us a call and join in the conversation. We're talking with Wharton Management Associate Professor Dan Raff and Amanda Nicholson, who is a professor of retail practice at Syracuse University. The drone program that they want to try and affect, obviously, there are a lot of pieces to it that still need to be uh, figured out, and a lot of them are through the government. Can we even realistically put a timetable on adoption of this, Amanda, because there are so many other things involved that have to kind of go forth first before Amazon can really expect to see drones part uh, of the retail practice? I agree, and I, I don't. So I don't think we can, honestly. I, well, I, I certainly don't have insider knowledge to figure out if, if they're going to get through those, you know, those hoops. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, um, and and you know, I thought it was kind of uh, charming that one of their sort of pre-drone experiments this this winter was to have. Um, Amazon representatives rushing all over New York City on bicycles <laughs> from the oldest technology while they're trying to test the newest, you know, they, yeah. which was that, you know, they put the storefront, uh, well, it wasn't really a storefront, but opposite the Empire State Building, and then they used it as a sort of uh, a mini depot so that they could run across the city delivering things, which had a certain irony considering what they're trying to do, which is not, not have any people involved in the delivery of things. I think that how much one ought realistically expect of this um, is going to be very sensitive to a potentially uh, changing regulatory environment. A drone landed on the White House lawn last week. The White House had to admit that, A, they hadn't known it was in the vicinity, and B, they couldn't have stopped it. I think that um, the the congressional... um, oversight before the current legislation was passed uh, was very slight, and I suspect there will be serious reconsideration of all of this. And I don't know, this may all just be PR. No, but you know what? I, I It's great that you brought that point up, because I was going to say that with all of the different uh, uh, violent acts that we're seeing going on around the world right now, and that incident alone, uh, those are two of the biggest reasons why I think we will see this pushed off and pushed off and pushed off even more by the regulators with the FAA and the government Mm -hmm. just because they don't want this to be an issue where it becomes a problem here on the home front. Um, I'm really curious about something very much more um, uh, quotidian and down-to-earth. I want to know what Amanda thinks about Radio Shack and Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) There's another one. That's a good one. I I, I think I, I don't I have no idea 
in terms of uh, where their their L strategy is there. Um, if they really want to keep Radio Shack, if if that's what they're really after, or if they're after locations, is it? I have it's it's a very confusing idea and. It's not really clear what their goal is here. The uh, speculation in this trade press has gone through several stages, right. and the, f- the first of which might have been entitled Cheap Inventory Exclamation <laughs> Point. Right. Out of so we could sell it off and help point. with uh, quarter one in 2015. <laughs> uh, and then um, um, locations for local pickup of right. goods. Right. Um, the most recent version of this um, that I'm aware of uh, is the notion that um, they see hardware sales of hardware like Kindles, for instance, um, as a kind of gateway drug to their larger retailing enterprises and <clears throat> might want to pick up some limited number of Radio Shack um, uh, leases uh, in order to do something comparable to the Apple stores, basically yeah. to, sell their, to sell their equipment. Well, that, that would be an interesting philosophy to take because we, we, we've seen that kind of approach more and more on the smaller end uh, where you will have e-tailers you know, have their success online and then maybe dip their toe into uh, brick-and-mortar stores. But obviously Amazon would be able to potentially maybe do a little bit of a half-and-half half deal, I would think, where you might keep some of those locations, sell off the rest, and sell off a good bit of the property uh, and the, the uh, materials that you have, uh, like Amanda suggested, to to, to at least help the bottom line a little bit? The people running the bankruptcy process need to get all the money they can. If Amazon wants some of the stores, but only some of the stores, they'll negotiate. They don't have to buy all of them. Mm-hmm. Amazon? All right. Amanda, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, Amazon. Yeah. And, and Amazon surely does not want every Radio Shack. No. Under no. none of these scenarios do they want every Radio Shack no. lease in the United States. That would be nuts. Particularly as a lot of them are fairly old leases, so they're not always in the most uh, um, advantageous locations when you, when you have a retailer of that age. But it would certainly be, uh, uh, as we saw, there was a, the, the, uh, the merger deal announced earlier today between uh, uh, Home Depot and Staples, or not Home Depot, Office Depot and Office Staples. Depot. And, and Staples. So, I mean, this would certainly be a, a, a little piece of the puzzle that Amazon could certainly do something with, correct? Well, that sounds right to me. Mm-hmm. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. And then the other aspect of Amazon right now that is certainly in play is their content division, uh, with the fact that they announced That's that right. they're going to be doing quite a bit of TV, their own TV content, signed Woody Allen to a deal to produce a TV series. Well, uh, no he said he had no idea what he would give them. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of it because, you know, this in some respects for him, this is new territory to be able to do something like this. And the man's apparently 78 years old. Um, well, it makes you wonder how much of that was, was uh, in some respects, a PR deal like you mentioned before. Yeah, buying buying headlines. That might well be true. But the fact of the matter is this is going on um, over the, the whole range of um, media. Um, the, they're, they're a publisher now, and yeah. um, uh, they have, in fact, from the very, very earliest 10Ks in the section where you have to list potential um, competitors and so forth, they have actually said that um, its publishers uh, belong somewhere um, on this list. But the, the very large number of Americans who seem um, to, to write books 
of one sort or another, which had never previously been published. And Amazon is their go-to mm-hmm. place now. I don't know whether there are spillover effects onto their consumption habits. Um, but you even begin to see scholarly papers at the Modern Language Association annual meetings on the significance of all of this. Um, so I think they are trying very hard, um, in fact, on more or less as many fronts as they can think of, um, to be a content provider. And it's, yeah. all, it's, all, it's all a matter of exploiting economies of scale and scope that they've got. They're just very, very ambitious about that. And Amanda, obviously, that content uh, will end up somehow, some way, being uh, marketed through their prime service at some point. Right. I think the development of content, it it honestly makes more sense than their development of other things. Um, However, it's very risky. When when you're doing that that immediate development, it's, it's extremely risky. Investors get tired of spending on film and television stuff. You know, there's tons of uh, competition out there. It's, it's yeah. a very, very tough market to be in. But, um, but it makes perfect sense. And if you hit it right, it's, it's golden. But how much do you think that, that their e-commerce operations will, will change uh, going forward now, now that Prime is really uh, picking up steam and, and has, uh, according to uh, estimations by a lot of people, uh, in the millions of, of uh, customers right now, how much will that e-commerce piece to, to Amazon change? Well, you have to remember there are two different margins here. One is how much will the usage of it change in places in which they are already operating. Okay. And the other is what about new geographies? Mm-hmm. Um, they are spending uh, heavily uh, in India, uh, a place where there are uh, a lot of poor people, but also quite a lot of middle class and yep. well-to-do people. Um, I mean, they're expanding uh, pretty well globally um, in that way. Um, I can only report anecdotally about the intensive margin, but in my kids' household, you certainly you certainly can observe this. Mm. Uh, you know, the point is that the margin shipping more stuff is free. Yeah, at the margin, and you only pay the tab once a year. Amanda, yeah, I totally agree. I think you know it, it's 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 a membership deal. Um, it's 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 sort of. Costco meets online. Do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it makes sense. People understand that kind that kind of a model. We don't know how many members. I think um, the point about uh, moving into other markets is very, very relevant here. Extremely relevant. Yeah. Um, and and they think that the membership rose significantly last year. I mean, it was think it's like I don't know, fifty percent or something rise, yeah. which is which is really significant. But. Um, while they're doing that, uh, the, the the traditional retailers who are online um, uh, are doing <laughs> doing a lot of free shipping, yep. okay, without a membership. So you have to look at the balance of the two things, right? As as Amazon's selling more and more, if you like, third party goods, right, and the it, the, the other the other retailers are offering free shipping, yeah. uh, where the two things start coming together, and you think thinking, is this membership now worth it? Well, and the other part about it is, is that at, at at they are obviously getting the ninety nine dollars uh, up front, but but you're right in one perspective in that at some point Amazon is doing free shipping as well because that ninety nine dollars is not covering all of the purchases that. that 
that most people make, especially if those numbers you talked to earlier uh, are correct, that you know, people that have the prime service may spend triple the amount of right. people that don't have the prime service. Right. I think that it's more like, obviously more likely they're getting the, the, the members on prime who are heavy spenders online. This yep. is not the occasional spender online, of which yep. there are still some. Not everybody buys everything online. We know that. But you're getting the heavy, heavy online spender who's interested in this. Dan? Um, I, that's absolutely uh, correct. It's also worth observing that um, price is a variable whose value they can set independently. Yeah. Um, so if they're having trouble covering their expenses, they, just, they can push their margins up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when the subject of uh, heavy online usage comes up, uh, it strikes me that the other article in the newspaper in the past week that's relevant to this was the one that um, talked about the, the significance of uh, uh, the telephone companies only retaining metadata. Um, and an experiment was conducted in which um, 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 buying behavior, um, I guess it was from credit card uh, activity, um, with a lot of the personal identifiers um, deleted, but a lot of transa- very rich transactional data was given to a bunch of data scientists. Mm-hmm. And it turned out they were shockingly effective at figuring out who all of the transactors were. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I suppose people who are using Amazon quite a lot um, might wonder about, since Amazon observes their search behavior as well as their purchase behavior, mm-hmm. um, is exactly how naked they have become and how comfortable they feel about that. Um, I mean, we live in a world in which um, the government can certainly get access to this sort of information without having to tell you about it. Um, there are now, you know, sort of legal warrant-like um, um, institutions for that sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm confident that Amazon has um, uh, squadrons of extremely bright people trying to keep their servers secure. Um, but will there never be any problems and intrusions and hacks and so forth? <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it. No, I think that would be uh, that. That's a big area that they're going to have to watch out for uh, in the very near future. Uh, have to end the discussion there, uh, Dan. Thank you again for coming on, Amanda. Great, to, great to have you on as well. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.